May 15, 2021, it's Watt for Pedro Show.
lot from Pedro. Happy Saturday. And I might have said that yesterday. It was fucking Friday with Elmo Kirkwood. So I fucked up. I apologize. It's Saturday today. No worries. <laughs> well, you can hear my guests, people. Yes, I'm not man alone, even though Brother Matt still up to love God on the pleasure point. Come miles away. Because it's a quick quarantino mode. Through those miracles of those software engineers in Estonia with a Skype invention I got with me. Mr. Damien Hunt, too. Welcome aboard, Damien. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Okay, brother. Pleasure. Uh, we start off with John Coltrane doing Mr. Knight. That's with a K, people. He's got another tune called Mr. Day. That's with a D. Then a project Damien's part of called Woman. You're making a lot of racket there, bro. Hey, yeah. Black <laughs> slash black. And uh, you're talking to us from Knoxville, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Larry uh, Mullins, last two years of Stooges I did. Uh, that, that drummer man is from Knoxville. He lives in Berlin these days. But yeah. You have a connect. So let's, let's, let's uh, learn about your journey through music. Uh, please bring your earliest musical recollection, Dane. Um, I think it was probably uh, my my mother kind of comes from a pretty large family, a um, bunch of Irish Catholics. And uh, I remember as a child them singing prayers before dinner. Everybody would hold hands and they were, uh, yeah, a, a very musical family. Uh, lots of singing. Uh, my my cousin from that family, she uh, studied like operatic singing. So there's, there's some uh, musical talent in that family that... Uh, hit me at kind of an early age. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, as my mom's family has like musical talent, I think, uh, any of my musical taste comes from my dad and, uh, his intimidating record collection that I grew up with. Um, you know, he had everything from Mozart to Motorhead and, uh, yeah. So I, I guess those two sides of my family kind of coming together have really shaped me musically as far as any kind of God-given talent I've received and any kind of influence I've had as far as, you know, uh, sharpening my ear to, uh, you know, what I think is good. <laughs> now, so, in the, the pad you grew up in, was there musical mm -hmm. instruments? <clears throat> Um, not really. I mean, I remember like any time when I was a child, and there was a piano around. I was always kind of drawn to it. Um, but yeah, not really any musical instruments. Not really. Uh, I mean, I, I think in fourth grade, I started on like the viola was like my first instrument, just school band. Yeah, that was from the school, not from home. So yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you about band or marching band or choir or shit mm -hmm. like that. <clears throat> yeah, I was in like, uh, you know, I, I took lessons. I was uh, took viola and then I moved to saxophone when I was like in fifth and sixth grade. <clears throat> um, I wasn't in any kind of like choir or anything like that. Um, and then I pretty much didn't pick up an instrument again till I was probably 15 and started, uh, took a guitar lesson or two and then, yeah, but, what you're um, saying is you kind of let go of the, the viola and the sax. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of a school thing, you yeah. know? So it was like when I wasn't at school, I really, you know, I didn't pursue it on sure, my own. Sure, sure. Damien, <laughs> yeah. Mm. What was the first record you bought with your own money? <clears throat> um, I'd have to form it in the form of, of a confession from the time I was probably nine till I was about 13. I was completely obsessed with Weird Al Yankovic. 
and I would scour record stores and, you know, Sam goodies and stuff like that, looking for his albums. And so I, it was my personal achievement to collect every single album of his, I could get my hands on. So not only was that my first one, but it was like for years I would like be searching for his albums. So yeah, I became an audiophile really early from Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Dr. Domeno's where I first heard him. I think he's from yeah. SoCal, in fact. Hawaiian yeah. shirts and accordion was what he started. Another one rides yeah. the bus. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, what was the first gig you went and saw, Damien? Um, it was probably a basement show. Um, <laughs> I saw a couple of basement shows um, <clears throat> when I was in, like... Like middle school and high school, <clears throat> um, I lived in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and uh, you know, in the Midwest, there's a lot of basements. So uh, I think the first few shows I saw were <coughs> friends' bands, like in basements, um, and uh, and I think the first big show I actually went to that was like on a stage. I think uh, I saw Skinny Puppy, a Canadian industrial band, in 1990, and uh, and that show was really weird. It was, it was like watching guys play music in basement was like one thing. And, you know, it was tactile and it was real and you could, you know, see and feel it. And, and watching something like that was like going to the circus, you know, it was like, I was musically impressed, but I just had no idea how you could, you know, make anything like that. <laughs> and that was then, kind uh, of your first experience yeah. with arena rock or a version of arena rock. Versus like yeah. uh, the basement's closer to the club sitch. Yeah, yeah. I can relate yeah. totally because I only knew about Arena Rock till the movement. I, I, I totally right, know what you're right. getting at, Damien. Yeah. So Kalamazoo's yeah. also, for a long time, the home of Gibson Guitars. Yeah, yeah. Started as Kalamazoo Guitars. Yeah, changed to Gibson. Yeah. And then the <clears> Heritage <throat> when they left for Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, you said when you were like 15 or something, you picked up an instrument. Was that the guitar? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was, you know, totally, completely engrossed in music and wanted to learn how to play. And I think my dad sent me some money to like take some guitar lessons. <clears throat> I think I only took like two and then kind of dropped it and spent the rest of the money on like albums. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, it, it wasn't until like I was 17 that I actually started like playing bass basically um, oh, that, that, that I really committed to it. Was that an electric? So was that acoustic guitar or electric? Uh, I had this old beat up silver tone acoustic guitar that my grandmother gave me. Silver tone <laughs> Sears. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Made those for Sears. But yeah. you say you get on the bass. How did you get your first bass? Um, it was a pretty classic scenario. Uh, I, when I was a, uh, junior in high school, um, I moved to Reno, Nevada and I finished my last few years of high school there. And I made a friend named Brian Egan and I made a friend named Max Conley and we started, uh, kind of just a, you know, a garage band. <clears throat> um, and it started with, uh, Brian bought a set of drums, so he was going to be the drummer. And with my two guitar lessons, I thought I'd play guitar. 
And unfortunately for me, my friend Max Conley it was a very well-schooled guitar player. <clears throat> and uh, he just, you know, he just smoked it. So <clears throat> uh, by, you know, default, I went and got a bass. Yeah, it's like and Little then, League, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a better right. guitar player, so I became the bass player. <laughs> but no, like Little League, we know who's playing right field. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But, okay. you know, I mean, ever since then, I never looked back, you know. I mean, no, no, I was no. Really, Actually, I was probably really for to tortoise, so. right? Yeah, probably for tortoise. But at the time, it was like almost, oh, wow, this is what we do with the retarded guy. Yeah, I, right, I, I right. I can totally yeah. relate. There's only four strings, you know. <laughs> I can relate because my experience. Yeah. Now, what I want to know is, Skino. Was that scene mm -hmm. still happening? Um, <clears throat> when I lived there in high school, it was, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, there wasn't much of a music scene okay. out there. Because there was um, something called Skino with the seven, uh, seven seconds. And... Yeah, yeah. I think their day had kind of come and gone yeah, yeah, by the yeah. time I got out in there. In fact, I played <clears throat> one of the last gigs. It was in a, it was in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was one hatch you know so hopefully no fire but uh, right. here, here <laughs> i want to play something from uh, another woman's song
There's always been something intimate about service stations. Strangers pissing side by side, piling together waste as though building a monument to the straight concrete roads which enable life to slip past the landscape. In an era where speed is a destination, X doesn't normally mark the spot by a building that fills and empties like the tide. Yet here we are. Cars parked side by side, stood between rows of bumpers close enough to kiss. It crosses the white line and lowers the case to the concrete before retreating to the safety of his wing mirror. And I, all fingers and thumbs, lift it to my chest as if newborn and crack open the shell. Inside, a small bronze body reflects the streetlights, swan-necked, keys waiting to be touched. He knows that I have longed for you, scaled the corners of my darkness, where slowness is a scripture held between my teeth. The three of us walk the embankment, stare at the McDonald's sign, a landmark amongst the gulls. Two strangers and you bucket chain of sand, passed from generation to generation between the empty Coke cans and the old newspaper headlines. Headlights stream off your body as he drives into the night, joining the tarmac's constellations. I shall never meet him again, 
but together we hold a gap between us as fresh and sensitive as the wound a milk tooth leaves when it detaches itself from the gum. It gives me comfort to think hundreds have sat here, some as unsure as me, feet dangling from the edge of this hour hand, thinking back to a time where they didn't have to sprint to the next season. They say jazz is all about the silence between the notes. Suffering a certain point become one taste because it's just it's itself, it's existence, not not any existence. <laughs> the tears are appreciation of existence, and the, the beauty of mortality, and the beauty of mortality, and sadness of leaving existence, and the suffering of existence, which is so deep that it's joyful. To, to exist is joyful just by its very nature, just even if it's suffering of existence. No, the, the, the grief is not unadulterated uh, 
thing. Uh, grief is also mixed with a sense of majesty and, and uh, finality. When the realization of the
Watch for Pedro Show. That Chuck the Music started off with woman and a buttload of noise out of Knoxville. Oh, that song's called Golden Milk. But we got we were being supplanted with the soundtrack over the Skype line. SLWCC Watt after that with Enter Dad, a brand new album out of Iowa City. Bob Bucko Jr. from Dubuque, a little ways north. What's all that fucking racket, David? Heavenly routine. You put together a... There's some, there's some racket? Yeah, big time. <laughs> Fragmented from Brahma's Prendon after that. Heavenly routine, Bob Buckle. Sacks at Waterford Gap from Sophie Sparham and Christopher Gregory out of England. From the Netherlands. Mach. It's hard to say. With Iskland too. And then uh, Manuel Armida from up in Yellowknife. Way up to North Canada. I'm for a We are who we are! Exclamation point. Aruba Alvua after that with Yahua. Kingdom of Scotch tape from Alexander DeLarge versus Super Freak out of Italy. And finally, Not Quite Metal from Woman. Okay, so what was this band, this trio that you uh, had to get into bass to help make happen? <clears throat> Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we had a, I mean, we had a singer originally and, um, <clears throat> um, he just, I guess didn't work out whatever. And, uh, so then we just, you know, it was just the three of us and we had a storage space that oddly enough was like right up the hill from our high school. And so when we got off, you know, out of school, we just go up there and play all afternoon. <clears throat> now, were you, and, writing uh, your, were you writing your own songs? Uh, not really. We would just, you know, we, we learned a bunch of stuff, you know, Purple Haze, you know. Copy off records. Yeah. We, me and Deepak yeah, did that too. Yeah. The classics, you know, uh, and, um, yeah, yeah. Most of the time we just go up there and, you know, just jam and just hang out and, sure. you know, it was like, yeah, did, you know. Did you guys no, get a uh, name? Did you get a name? Did you ever do a gig? Um, we never did a gig in that form of that band, um, later we got a friend of ours, Cody to sing with us. And we did, I think we did one gig, uh, and we called ourselves teenage Yoda. <laughs> uh, what was, kind, what, here's an important question. What kind of bass did you have? I had a GTX 50. It was a, like a P bass knockoff. And, uh, that's what I learned on. <laughs> and what about for an amp, Damien? Um, Jeez, it was like a little combo amp. I don't even remember. Like one fifteen, one twelve. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a one fifteen, like so a combo amp. Hard to hear over the fucking <clears throat> drums. Yeah, just yeah, just loud enough to hear over the drums. Oh, you could uh, hear it over the drums. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, you just barely. Well, you didn't have to fucking mime, right? Right. Oh man. Right, yeah. And how, what was that first gig with Cody like? Uh, it was cool. It was funny. It was, uh, it's this bar called the Zephyr, which is kind of on the main strip, like, uh, South Virginia that runs like through Reno. <clears throat> and it was really funny cause we were playing with another band and, and there was some kind of motorcycle rally going on in town. So we played and the bar was packed and then we stopped playing. We finished our set and we, everyone emptied the building to go outside and see the motorcycle. So the next band like played to the bartender. <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, it was kind of cool, you know, it's like, you know, first gig already, you know, we've got a fan base. Yeah. Know, would you just... call, you would call it a success. Yeah. You know, we, we embarrassed the, uh, 
headliners, so that was now, cool. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. How did how were you feeling? Was it scary? Um <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I mean, mean it's your first bit, gig, but... right? That was your first gig. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, well, you know, and it's like if you're surrounded by familiar faces, you know, that makes it a little easier. I mean, you know, it's like my dad, my stepmom were there, so it wasn't, you know, all that weird. It was like, you know, and all of our friends. <clears throat> it was I, funny, though, that we were in the bar and we weren't 21 yet, so it's like as soon as we got done playing, we had to leave. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it was fun. You know, we just played covers. Like, I think we did Sweet Leaf and – um a Pink Floyd tune, and you know, we, it was just all covers, and we had a good time. We played like six or seven songs, and then boom, we were I was, done. I was scared and, yeah. to play in front of my parents. I thought yeah. I played in front of my pop only once, my mom, only a few, yeah, a few times. One time, Stooges, my mom got to see the Stooges once. Oh, awesome! She said, Mr. <laughs> Watt, uh, Michael Watt, uh, Mr. Pop is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, Mom. She would call me, it'd be just me and her in the room, and she'd call me Michael Watt. It's like, what the fuck, Mom? <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, back to you. How long does this band? How long does Teenage Yoda last? Oh, it was it was just like the one gig. I mean, it was just kind of like uh, you know, just buddies sure, hanging sure, out, sure. kind right, of thing. Of course, yeah. Uh, what do you do musically <clears throat> next, Damien? Um, <clears throat> oh man. I mean, after that, um, I lived in Reno for a couple of years, and then I moved to Memphis uh, for a couple of years in the mid nineties. And, uh, I think that's where I really, like, really became a musician. Cause like I played in a, uh, kind of blues R and B band. that was kind of just like a working band. Um, I had a buddy named Scott Glenn, who was a drummer and he and I were doing some stuff. Um, like it, it was funny. We, the two of us totally like clicked immediately when we were playing, but we just couldn't find like a third piece that really gelled. So it, Nothing really kind of came out of it, but um, he and I played with like a whole lot of other musicians and, uh, you know, being a working musician, learning Motown tunes and Stax tunes and, you know, was in this working band that for a while we had like a, um, a sit in like front man, like every gig. So he would just kind of give us a list of songs that he wanted to do and we'd learn them and then we played the set, you know, and it's like doing two, three sets a night. And yeah, that's where I learned how to play drunk. It was great. <laughs> it's like <clears throat> really cut my teeth. And, um, and then, uh, soon after that, um, I made friends with, uh, this guy named Forrest Hughes, who was in this band called the neck bones. They were, um, originally from Oxford, Mississippi, but two of those guys lived in Memphis and they were on fat possum. <clears throat> they had a couple records out and uh so they were going on tour and they asked me if i wanted to roadie for them because <clears throat> the guy that used to do it couldn't make it so i was like yeah sure and i was probably 21 um 22 <clears throat> and so yeah so we i did uh two like tours with them uh the first one was like memphis looping out to the west coast coming down through like chicago <clears throat> And then about a month later, they did like an East Coast tour. And uh, and yeah, that, you know, I, I really caught the bug there. Like I really caught like being in a van and driving around the country and playing music like I was I was into it. And so um, that was I don't know, that was kind of my college rock and roll there. And uh, <clears throat> then um, 
then when I came back to Memphis, I was, you know, broke and kind of rudderless. And so, uh, my dad convinced me to move back to Reno. So I moved back to Reno. And, um, when I did, I, uh, met, uh, Tyler Mucklow, who's, he and I've been playing in bands together for going on almost 20 years now. And, um, yeah, we started a band called the bicycle project, um, in Reno. And it's kind of a, kind of sonic emo kind of band kind of sounded like sunny day real estate a little bit. Um, and you know, we worked really hard in that band and put out an album and bought a van and toured all the way across the country and then promptly broke up (laughs) right after the tour was done. And then, uh, you know, kind of long story short, Tyler and I moved around a bunch, uh, lived in Santa Cruz for a while. We lived in Ames, Iowa for a while, uh, then we moved down to Knoxville, and uh, Tyler left Knoxville for a while. I left Knoxville for a while, but we all, you know, we we've all settled back here. And uh, yeah, and and ever since then, I've been living here in Knoxville and been kind of part of the Pilot Light, uh, you know, kind of underground scene here. Um, I did sound at the Pilot Light for probably about ten years. Whoa. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. We'll um, pick up on some more. We're at the end of the first hour. May 15, 2021, Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest, Damien Hooten. Hold tight for hour two. May 15, 2021, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. You know, what am I sharing here? And he said, if you offer it at the beginning, even if you forget all about it,
So let's stop the childish stupidity here, and let's get down to brass tacks. Why don't you show, show intelligence here? definitely going to add some credence to what he's been saying all along and uh, you know that this might be the one thing that was needed to uh, bring the people around he's still got a uh, total Show yeah. start off the second hour with Magic Dozen, This Good Life. Heinbach after that with Spatlum, Black Randy and the Metro Squad. This is a Hollywood scene in the 70s, huh? Theme from Scorpio. Lucas Abel out of Sydney with S's for scabies. <laughs> I guess he's teaching his son the alphabet. Uh, Lewis Cole with You'll Believe Me. Slowmatics out of Northern Ireland with Proto Hag. Proto Hag. A lot of noise there, Dan. Lament, Sorry, of the <laughs> Lament of the Christian Right from Magic Death. Now look. Okay, so we. What what, what was that that band that you and your buddy made and you broke up after the war? Um, uh, I'm sorry. What was that? When when you're in Reno, you and your buddy. Mm -hmm. The guy who lives in Knoxville now with you. But yeah, what was the, what was the, what was that band called? Uh, we were called the Bicycle Project. Bicycle Project, right. Yeah. Now, after the Bicycle Project, which was probably a Reno band, right? But uh, yeah. you guys come uh, after you, uh, the, the Ames. Maybe you had an Ames band, but for sure you had some <clears throat> Knoxville bands, right? Uh, yeah, actually, when we moved when we moved to we moved to Santa Cruz for a little while. Yeah, and a cruise moved. band. I, I forgot, sorry. Yeah, uh, no risk. Uh, and then we moved to Ames soon after that, and we were in a band called... Um, paragraph band and it was uh tyler and our our buddy david weller and our buddy uh justin Capari, and we were kind of a four piece and we were kind of doing like long format stuff um and uh kind of extended kind of tunes <clears throat> and um yeah just you know <clears throat> um very inspiring kind of outfit but you know, we didn't really produce a lot of stuff, um, sadly. And, um, but yeah, but soon after that, Justin split back to Reno and then David and Tyler and I moved to Knoxville and, um, I lived here for about a year <clears throat> and then things kind of fell apart. <clears throat> uh, Tyler went back to the West coast and I went up to Michigan, um, to, uh, my mom was a professor at Western Michigan university and, 
Kalamazoo. And so um, I went up there to school and there was a uh, recording program <clears throat> run up there called um, Western Sound Studios. It's part of the music program up there. And uh, it's run by this great guy named John Campos. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really awesome like course. You just, you learn what everything does first class. And then every other semester you're in a studio, like making music and running a board and, you know, and, and the whole thing. And <clears throat> so I really uh, learned a lot by doing that. And, um, also, and that's where, yeah, like both sides were, because you were talking about running sound at the pilot lamp. So, yeah. so you, you, you learn how to make music, but then also help other people make music. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was funny because, you know, the Bicycle Project made an album and we paid this guy all this money. And, you know, and he was nice and we had a good time making it. But, you know, it's like the album really didn't hold up and it really didn't sound like the band at all. And I was I just said, you know, screw this. I'm just going to learn how to do it myself. Oh, yeah. Fucking <laughs> and, hell. uh yeah, it's a like DIY, it. man. You yeah. know, so yeah, and uh, so yeah, so I went to this, you know, program, and it was really, it was really great. I learned a whole lot. Um, you know, that you lament of the Christian right, that that yeah. magic doesn't track, which magic doesn't is just kind of my solo thing. <clears throat> um, that uh, lament of the Christian right was actually one of my like recording projects for one of my classes. <clears throat> And, um, yeah, I would just turn on like right wing radio and take samples of people talking. And, and as you can hear on there, it was like right after nine 11, I think it was like 2003 or something, 2004. <clears throat> so, you know, America was all like raging. And so I just, you know, took these pieces and set it to a real simple kind of piano thing and this keyboard, other keyboard part. And yeah, and just, you know, I started <clears throat> working with, um, uh, like this good life is uh the uh buddhist monk pema chodra <clears throat> and uh, my mom had one of her tapes of some speech that she did some teaching and so yeah i, I was just kind of like listening to it and i took that and put some music over it and you know was doing kind of sort of things like that you know kind of found object <laughs> kind of recordings <clears throat> you're, you're saying this professor mr campos mm -hmm. he had a big influence on you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of uh, it was kind of great because, you know, he, his attitude was real, like teach you the basics and then get out of your way, you know, and like, yeah. you know, and uh, and uh, yeah, he was, he, you know, he was he was just he was really encouraging, you know, and uh, and yeah, it, it was a good program. I, I learned a lot and it really um you know, it kind of set me on a path of just, you know, doing it, just do it yourself. Well, you know, you want to do it, kind like of, do it you yourself. Know, so, uh, yeah. Uh, what, one music cat can do it another to turn them on to fucking righteous knowledge. That's a gift. Thank you, Professor. Absolutely. Compost. Now, I, you followed me some other uh, stuff here. Mm -hmm. In fact, I played this band on the show before. White Gray. Oh, yeah.
It will never die, no, it will never die, no, it will never die, it can only grow more. I've never felt so alone With the stars pressing down from above It's a feeling of terror But there's also beauty in that I can shout, cry out It sounds small There's nothing out there at all The echo Disappears in the deep I'm out like a light Swallowed up in the night The dreams are dark The landscape is stark The hills flash red from the fire For the occasional passing car It flickers and things The brush rustles In the wind I can shout Cry out But the sun The horizon The flames licking The sky And the dark All around me Bugs writhing In the light Shining on My plane As I continue to rise
Chunky music started with White Greg doing stroller coasters. Then we had uh, Kalinich and Tivin from Nashville with I Believe in Elephants. Studio Project. Uh, Morgan dealt after that Tropicana, Murder by Death, It Will Never Die. Some Days with Campfire Song. And finally, White Greg, Molly's Balls. You know, it might have been the studio version because both these tunes you gave me were live. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, so uh, I wanted to ask you about the shit I played first. A woman. What, 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 yeah. Where does this project fit in? <clears throat> so I moved, um, after doing the recording thing up in uh, at Western Michigan, I moved back to Knoxville. <clears throat> and uh, Tyler was living here, and uh, I moved in with him. And we, uh, it was pretty great. We had this awesome house that had this huge, like, parquet-floored attic. And... Um, you know, Tyler was already saying, hey, man, when you come back to town, we're starting a band. Like, I've already got some guys who are interested. So I basically came to town, and he just had a ready-made band ready to go. <clears throat> and a uh, woman was uh, – Chris Lowe was our singer, and then uh, this guy, Jason Stark, played drums. <clears throat> and uh, Jason Stark's kind of like – kind of a, you know, well-known musician in the Knoxville, like, realm. He's uh, He's a – excellent musician great guy and uh woman went on for we played for about two years and then uh tyler went to go live abroad in mexico and chris went to go live in south korea so they were both gone for about a year year and a half <clears throat> and then um it was kind of funny because they came back and we were like hey you know we're not doing anything like let's start up again and we pretty much played like two shows and then we just quit the band. So we had a triumphant return for about two shows. And then it was just like, yeah, things split up. So, but yeah, woman was great. You know, we, we did a lot of great things in that band. We uh, did a couple tours, um, played with, you know, some really fun other bands. Like, um, yeah, it was, you know, that, that stuff was pretty great. I, I really enjoyed that, that project. It was cool. Did you get to compose? <clears throat> um well i i did all the recordings that we did um i recorded those all in that old house that we used to live in and uh yeah basically the the songs kind of came <clears throat> i mean it, yeah it's kind of weird uh, you know the songs kind of came kind of naturally so it's kind of like 
you know, I could say that like the bass was kind of the backbone of those compositions, but <clears throat> the way Tyler plays and the way Jason plays on that, it's it, you know, I I can say that like maybe the bass playing was the song, but it, I don't know. It, it the it, it just came so kind of like holistically in that band. It was just kind of like we'd start playing on something and it just made sense. And, you know, <clears throat> I think maybe just a few times Tyler and I actually sat down and worked something out. <clears throat> I think the rest of the time it was just <laughs> us just shooting from the hip and it just kind of fit. And maybe we, you know, stop and be like, no, do this there and that there. And then boom, you know, so I don't know the songs, the songs weren't overthought. You know, well, things kind, came pretty kind quick. of a collective feel. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, everybody just kind of. It was. It was just kind of like weirdly understood. You know what it should sound like, and <clears throat> and you know, and as we progressed as a band, it's like the music just kind of. Um, you know, it, it just matured. You know, and it got its uh, own fucking life. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. we're at the end of the second hour, May fifteenth, twenty twenty-one. Dishwat Peter, your special guest, Damien Hutu. Huntoon, sorry. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Old Time Fire 3. May 15, 2021. It's the third hour. What for Pedro? Thank you. 
Man, motion, man, lies.
president isn't allowed to be alone in a room with a flag. Yeah, the ex-vice president isn't allowed to be alone in a room with a flag without his wife present. Without his wife present. Without his wife present. Without his wife present.
started off the third hour with the drips. Harder, not smarter than Pale Angels Out of Wales with Lil Lover. Penial Ventana from Caesar's Palace in Brooklyn. That's Jason Lafarge. That's a bass man. Man Lies. <laughs> Cheers Accident out Chi-Town or Humboldt Park, West Side. Disenchantment. Dan Jones out of Kansas City with his... Well, this is the demo he made for his squids. Just enough hours in the days. A special interest, brand new service. And finally, the drips with pain specialists. The drips, enlighten us, Damien. Well, this was a shutdown band. Um, The town was totally shut down. There was nothing going on. Nobody was hanging out with anybody else, you know. And um, Steve Giganti who you know very well. Um, he and I are... Guitar man, pretty... he was on the show. A one-time member of Deerhoof. Yeah, yeah. He's done a lot of stuff, yeah. Uh, and uh, he and I, you know, we're, we're good buddies. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, he had a key to the pilot light. So every once in a while, you know, I just go down there and just two of us socially distanced, you know, we just like listen to Van Halen records and talk and, you know, have some kind of social interaction with each other, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> try to keep sane and um so he said that he and uh, jason boardman um were working on this thing just the two of them <clears throat> so one night i was bored and i hit him up and i was like hey what are you guys doing and <clears throat> jason um has a studio over at um the letter press called stripe light here in town <clears throat> so he was like yeah jason and i are just kind of working on this stuff why don't you come over and hang out so they were working on some of Steve's songs, and I was just sitting there drinking beers and heckling them and, you know, having a good time. <clears throat> and uh, then, uh, you know, we were just messing around, and I was playing a keyboard, and Steve was like, oh, man, you should join the band and play keyboards. And <clears throat> and uh, then it basically just turned into, like, Steve was just like, man, just bring your bass. <clears throat> so, um, and it was it was. You mean was let, go, pretty... let go of the keyboard? Let go? Yeah, yeah, I'm a better bass player than I am a keyboardist. So, <laughs> well, and, wait, wait, uh, you didn't tell me about keyboard. Wait, oh, no, you did. You said when you were young, if there was a piano around, you would jump on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, and especially after um, White Greg split up, um, I kind of you know did a lot of woodshedding after that. Like, you know, got a guitar and got a keyboard and just started playing other instruments like more than I would normally do. <clears throat> And, um, what kind of bass you rocking these days? Well, I got a, I got a couple of basses, but, uh, thanks to well, President what you, what, Trump what you and his, Uh-oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Th- oh, thanks to President Trump and his stimulus check. <clears throat> I bought a, I bought the bass that I've always wanted to own, which is a, uh, pre Ernie Ball music man saber. And, um, I think it's an 81 <clears throat> and man, that's what I played on that drip stuff. And that bass is just a dream. Like the, the body's it, a little smaller or it's got two pickups. Yeah. It's got two pickups. Yeah. And, uh, it weighs a ton because, yeah. you know, yeah. it was, you know, made in America, but, uh, <clears throat> um, but yeah. And, and it's funny cause I, I bought that bass and like I started playing in this, you know, drips thing and it was just, it just, I knew why, it found me, you know, just to play in this band. Like. But, but it's kind of new. It's kind of new for you. You said 1981, but it's kind of new. Mm-hmm. And what kind of amp you rocking? Um, I play a SVT, like classic 300 watt head. Oh. And then I've got... 8 by 10 um, box? Huh? Is it the refrigerator box? 
<clears throat> oh, I don't, I don't have the speaker. I just played okay. the head. Okay. Um, yeah. The speaker is um, still eighty five fucking pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. God, I bought it in New York when I was on actually on tour with Woman. I was playing a, a David Eden. I had a David Eden head, and uh, like, like that setup you played in the Stooges. I saw you with the Stooges in Chicago once, and you were, Two of you were them. playing those. Yeah, you were playing those David Edens, those yeah. things. I, I I bought a David Eden like 410, like in, I think it was like 1996, 1995, and I still have that 410. Like it's still, it's like a tank. Yeah, 110 <laughs> pounds. I got two of them. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. Good sound, yeah, they but sound, watch those too, uh, so good. Yeah, but I'm too weak. I'm too old. Yeah, right. So I got a, I got a 1200 watt box now that weighs 40 pounds. Man, that's smart. That's that's smart. <laughs> Barefaced in England. Yeah. Well, it's, and also with the amps, so there's Class Ds. But I, I want to yeah. play some more drips. Here's some cool. separation blues.
Live from Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. The Drips with Separation Blues. And then Mickey Sanker setting it being. Got that via Jack Brewer, Sacro Trust singer. He's written some, uh, I don't know if it's Sacro Trust. I think it's going to be called the Jack Brewer Band. But he's got new material and he said Joe Biza is going to record with him. Awesome. Finally, The Drips with The Stroke. So what you guys... <coughs> Dude, you made a, you just wrote up a whole album and recorded it? <clears throat> Pretty much. Um, you know, we would just start, <clears throat> we would literally just hit, like we had like a little handheld recorder, <clears throat> and we would just hit record, and we would just play whatever came out, and Steve's got like a mountain of lyrics, so he just started singing stanzas, and when a change, you know, came, it just came, and everybody leaned into it. <clears throat> So we had all these practice tapes and we'd be listening to these practice tapes over and over and over. And then we were, you know, kind of slowly kind of getting things together. But then Steve um, decided to um, move to Texas for a while. So he was like, yeah, we've got a deadline. If we want to record this stuff, we got to do it soon. So we all piled into Stripe Light and we all like listened to these tunes and we all just kind of reproduced them. Uh, like pretty much kind of on the spot <clears throat> and it all just kind of, you know, we just caught lightning in a bottle and uh, <clears throat> we've got, uh, we've got like four songs mixed right now. Um, actually tonight I might go over to Jason's studio and <clears throat> start working on the remaining tracks. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's just one of those things like, you know, we might actually release an album without ever playing in front of a studio, like a or a live audience. Yeah, you know? like a Steely, a Steely Dan trip. Yeah, they right. Did that for, yeah. They did that for years. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, but Steve's out of town, right? He left. Right. He's in. He's in Texas. Um, he's planning on coming back soon, but yeah, he just he had to get out of town. So he got so. all his parts done. Yeah, yeah, we recorded the whole thing, and geez, I mean, it might have been like three sessions. <clears throat> we just we just banged them out. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, but you said you guys yeah. are still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, Jason's been you know real busy because he's you know working on a lot of other like just studio stuff. <clears throat> he's got um you know a couple other bands. He's kind of working on things. So, um, but yeah, you know when when time allows he gets in there and um you know since steve's out of town i <laughs> i go up there and jason and i kind of basically jason sets things up and then i go take a listen and you know maybe give my two cents here or there <clears throat> but um yeah and it's 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 all really coming real fast it's it's pretty great now who named the band <laughs> i think i think steve had the band name when he and jason were just goofing around with some of his tunes <clears throat> And then, you know, we just kind of like, that's fine, man. Like, that works. So, you know, (laughs) what's in a name, you know? So, Well, um, a a lousy name could be terrible, maybe. Right, right. I remember I was playing this gig. These guys called themselves California. And I was like, come on. Oh, man. (laughs) I I, I mean, I I like living here. and In fact, I like all 50 states. But Jesus Christ. I thought they had that trademark. Yeah. I, I thought you had to pay the state to use that. <laughs> you know, well, the goddamn. You know. But you're, you're right. A name's just a name, but a bad one, man. That, it's almost some yeah. kind of 
albatross hanging yeah. around your fucking neck. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So drip, Drips is okay with me. I kind of oh, like it. Brings a lot of images to the, to the yeah. mind. And uh, you think, you know, touring's going to come back and stuff. You think Drips are going to tour? <clears throat> well, Jason has a van, you know, okay. and, uh, okay. and, you know, step we're one. All... That's step one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, um, right. <clears throat> so yeah, I, you know, I mean, it's weird, you know, nobody has a projection on, you know, the pipeline's still closed. <clears throat> um, there's no, you know, forecast no, no, no. of when but, it's going to be open again. So but, but it's being you know, positive, just kind of playing but, it by ear at this point. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But the idea yeah. of the cancel thing, that was bullshit. <laughs> it was just postponed. Everything's just postponed. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. the better attitude. Yeah. Save for a later date. Yeah. Look, absolutely. When, when, and later date, when you get some more music, will you come back on the show and play it? But I, I want you to develop oh. this drips thing because I want to see how it turns out. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I can't, I can't yeah. wait to see uh, a gig when I can. Well, oh, yeah. And Steve. Let's we'll, we'll set one up, man. We'll I, I, I did see Steve. <laughs> I did see Steve play once. Yeah, I'll play with you. I'll share a fucking stage with you. I did see yeah. Steve play once with uh, Deerhoof. Nels Klein yeah. took me in Wilmington, town next to us. Yeah. ECH Club. Yeah, as well. But anyway, it's been a big honor for you uh, be on the show. Thanks so much. Come back uh, as soon as oh, you get absolutely. some more stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah, Dan, Thanks, man. Mike. Right back, right back. People, it's been May 15, 2021, the Dish Wap Pedo Show. Keep your powder dry.